a psalm of David regarding a time when David was in the wilderness of Judah. You are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear to tell the truth will praise him, while liars will be silenced. Thank you. So as you know, we've been reading through the scriptures um, as a church, and now we are reading this kind of, the last bit, uh, we are in the book of Psalms. Thank you, Alicia. Um, And um, this week we happen to read from Psalm 63. And I just wanted to stop here a little bit today. And we've been thinking through the summer about the paths. And today we'll be thinking a little bit about the path of satisfaction. It's interesting how David is, again, as I said last Sunday, is distilling his experience in, his experience, whatever he's facing, into a song. I confess last Sunday that I don't have that ability, that skill, to write a song where I, I'm able to distill things so good. But, but he's the king who is actually in the run for his life. He is in the wilderness. And that's how he is expressing how, how he is feeling, how, how he's um, confronted by this, uh, well, challenge, trouble. They're after him. They want to take his life. And he's just in run for his life. And it's interesting how in the worst of the situations, how you can see really the character of this amazing songwriter. I'm going to stop in a few words because I think I want for us to connect a little bit. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. Now, thirst is something that is a very tangible human experience. Do you realize or do you experience that actually on a hot day, you end up drinking more water than on a cold day? And 
This is a very raw experience because David is in a desert, is in a wilderness, and he knows that he is thirsty, not just for the sake of thirst's sake of being in the wilderness, but actually he is seeing that there is something that is absent. Maybe God is absent. Maybe he does not experience God so tangibly. Maybe the teeth of the enemy is so real that is overshadowing the, 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 the amazing experience that he has with God's presence. And yet the psalmist is able to express. He says, I thirst for you. As I've been preparing this week, I've been really struck by the difference between being thirsty and being dehydrated. And being thirsty, you recognize that there is an absence of something. But with being dehydrated, sometimes you have passed it. And you need people to tell you that you need to drink or you need to go and see a doctor or you need an IV, uh, fluids and what have you. But the psalmist recognizes that actually there is an absence of God's presence. And it's as real as the absence of water. And yet, he says, I look again, I come again, because I thirst for you. So who can fuel this thirst for God? Well, actually, we can't. We have to come to Jesus, really. Jesus himself says, come to me all who you are thirsty and I'll give you water. Thirst is quenched also with looking back in what God has done in the past. Look at the way that the psalmist deals with, as he distills his experience, he's facing, he's on the runway for his life, but he looks at the past. I have seen you in the sanctuary. I've gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life. How I praise you. This is what's fueling this thirst. You look back. Anna did a very gracious and very bold statement that even in those moments where I didn't feel that God was holding in my hand, me in my hands, he was. I look back at the experience of my life and I say, God, you've been so good to me. Your power, your glory, your unfailing love, your patience, everything that you've shown upon me. And that's what also is fueling my thirst for you. Because your love, your love, says the psalmist, is better 
the life. So thirst is the first word. And the, the other word that I want to pick on is the word of lifting my hands. Now, when I became a Christian, um, the church had just started and we got all different experiences uh, of missionaries coming and stuff like that. And one of the things that was really, really weird is gathering with other Christians and some people lifting their hands and some not lifting their hands. And in my 30 years of being a Christian, I have met people who've got issues with lifting their hands and I've got people who lift their hands too much. What does a psalmist want to do about this? Uh, I was reading and one of the commentators has picked up on this kind of gesture. And uh, he's saying that our hands speak up very loudly. We communicate. I mean, even I cannot talk without, um, I think comes with my Mediterranean um, approach, but it's with all hands. We're angry, we clinch our fists, we threaten to harm, we're guilty, we hide our hands, we're uneasy, we sit on them, we're worried, we wring them. We're afraid we used to cover our face or hold on somebody for protection. Desperate, frustrated, we throw them widely in the air. Confused, when we're hospitable, we use them to warmly receive others in our presence. When suspicious, we use to keep someone at bay. When we're accusing, we point fingers. And yet the psalmist says, I lift up my hands. What does it mean by this? Well, it's that kind of gesture. Look, he's the king. He he himself says in this psalm, he's writing it from a king's perspective. He knows that he can experience the intimacy with his Father God. So he lifts his hands because he knows that God has got this unfailing love. Your love never gives up. He reaches his hands out because he knows he is reaching out to this God who is beloved. He reaches his hands because he wants attention. And he says, God, yours is the glory. Yours is the power. Yours is the majesty. He reaches his hands. He, He brings his hands up because he expresses the utter dependency on God for everything. He puts his hands up because he knows that he is in trouble. He's very vulnerable. He's got nothing to hide. 
He comes to him, although the king had run away for his life, open-handed. And although he is the king, he opens his hands and he says, I surrender because you are my king. So he's thirsty. He recognizes where he stands in his relationship with the father. And out of this place, he chooses only one thing. He says, I am satisfied. This is the path of satisfaction. When he recognizes that he is satisfied in God's presence. He is the one, this reality of him being there when the danger is showing the teeth and he knows that God is present there. He knows that this is the fuel for praise. What a difficult position to be. What an uncomfortable position to be. But David has made and has shown us that it is possible that in the worst places, this suffering or challenges can bring the best of us. Can bring out the best of us. You satisfy me more than the richest feasts. It's like you've had this, think of your most favorite food or pudding. I had one of my closest friends who visited us uh, two or three days ago, and he's a chef. And uh, I had longed for a long time for sea bass. And he is a, a, a fish uh, chef. And he cooked it. And I just thought, whoa, I am satisfied now. I don't want to have sea bass anymore for a long time because I have reached that point that I am utterly satisfied. It's really hit the palate. And that's what the psalmist says. When the danger, when the enemy, where everything has shown the teeth, he knows that he can trust God. Now, I don't say these words lightly, and I don't want to be theoretical about this. But I want for us to grapple with this psalm and just identify with some of the things that the psalmist is saying here. So he's got thirst for God, and he knows that God has quenched his thirst in the past. He knows where he stands in his relationship with God by lifting his hands. He knows that only God can satisfy him. And out of that basis, he says, I will cling. This is not just a random behavior. This is not just off chance. This is not something that he happens to be. No, no. I will cling. He knows God is the helper. He knows God will keep him safe. He remembers 
And out of this place then is worship. So the question that I've got for us this morning. How are you making sure from the youngest to the oldest that you are keeping your thirst for God alive, afresh, tangible, real? How is your relationship with God that you're in that position that you say, I put up my hands before you because I really love you and I know that you love me and I want this fellowship. And as John reminded us earlier on, in the back and in the light of what we're hearing in the news of gloom and doom, how can I make sure that I set my heart that actually in the midst of scarcity and panic and fear, we, I, as a disciple of Jesus, say, only you can satisfy me. You can satisfy me much more than the sport that I adore, the, the lifestyle that I have, the, the, the commitments, the work. You satisfy me more than that. And whatever October, January 2023, whatever the upcoming years bring, I will cling, not just of the chance, but I will cling on you. Know that you are my helper. And I will sing in the shadow of your wings. So the king here, King David, shows us God's glory, love, and that place of safety. And as New Testament believers, we've got a much better picture because we've seen this feature and represented in our Lord Jesus Christ. In John 7, we see, we read that let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you, my soul thirsts for you, my whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you.
I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with the songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on your thought on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. The king chooses. The king will rejoice in God. So, Father God, if this is our prayer this morning, would you answer it according to your riches in heaven? And for those of us who find ourselves in this parched land, wilderness. I pray, Lord, that you quench our thirst this morning with our past testimonies of ourselves, of our loved ones, of this church. So, Lord, restore to us the joy of your salvation. And help us to cling on you because you are our helper. And because we are satisfied in you, help us, Lord, to worship you with all our lives. We'll sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. Receive, Lord, our praise, our adoration, and our worship. In Jesus' name, amen.